This is a Wild Gate Production Podcast. to the Classic Face Rip Podcast. We're back with another live episode on YouTube, uh, The Evil DM, my channel. You can go there by searching The Evil DM and pulling me right up and going right there. We have all the episodes of this show. I'm Vince, one of your hosts. I'm sitting alongside my faithful co-host, Keith. Hello. Hello, Internet world. And yes, you can view with us when we do these live on Saturdays every other week. Uh, we go. It varies on the time. Uh, this week we're a little bit later because uh, Keith had to work this week, and then we pushed mm-hmm. it up. Usually we do it around two thirty, three thirty, three thirty Eastern, two thirty Central, is when the show goes off. But yeah, we're back with another wonderful episode. Got some things to talk about. So we're gonna start off with some just normal news and stuff like that, like the community projects and little tidbits here and there and things we were going to do and decided not to do. And then we're going to get into the main topic of the show. So if you haven't seen Spider-Man Far From Home, you might want to skip that part of the show or just listen in. I mean, we're not going to, maybe we'll probably spoil it for you. We probably won't. What we're giving you, we're giving you a fair warning. And when we get to that part of the show, we'll say those that don't want to continue listening, go ahead and and skip and uh, come back later on after you've seen the movie so you understand what we're talking about. If you don't care about spoilers, then continue to listen on, listen on, and enjoy our wonderful, delightful banter back and forth as we eloquently not speak like me today, apparently. (laughs) The dulcet tones. Yes. All right, first things first. The original plan for this show is when I was talking to Keith over the past two weeks, was to do Secret Wars number two. Um, oh. Keith, Keith groaned and moaned and said, please God, no. And he kicked his feet on the ground and stomped and everything like that. And I just went, all right. And he's like, right. and he goes, you know what? Go ahead and read it and let me know what you think. And then I went, all right. So I, I pulled out. I have a copy of the module, but I printed it because I don't really want to. The binding is kind of bad on it, so I didn't want to ruin it. So I did print out the Secret Wars module too, and it is a hefty 60-something pages, plus it has a map that you can put together with all the other maps, which is kind of neat. I like that. It's basically a whole summary of the train wreck of a comic book of Secret Wars, which I have all the Secret Wars comics right here, which I went through and read, and that's what I think about those comics. It is just, I don't understand those comics. What? Uh, I really do not understand those comics. What was Shooter thinking when he wrote that script for those comics? Well, I have theory. I think I've, uh, I think I've expressed this theory to you before, that it, this was the beginning of the rise of Dazzler, because Jim Shooter is hung up on her. Yeah. If you ever, I mean... She got her own series. Every issue was a guest star. She became a, uh, a Herald of Galactus very briefly. Um, I'm thinking, you know, she's... Um, how do I eloquently put this? Dry docking with uh, the Beyonder. 
And, you know, uh, Jim Shooter is just, it's building on the Jim Shooter Dazzler fantasy. I'm thinking this was going to be the touchstone for her to have been the reason for the white event in the new universe. And this derailed that. I mean, that's just my theory. I don't know for certain, but I'm thinking it's it's there. there there's You can see where the logic could be, could come from. All the comics are now on the floor because it broke out of the bag, so. <laughs> oh, well. I'll pick them up later. I didn't even get ruined. They just spilled out into the bag as I tossed it over there on the side table, but whatever. Uh, yeah, so that was the original plan. And then I was like, all right, so the comics were absolutely atrociously awful. And I'm like, I don't, I can't believe that people sat through these comics month by month back then because they really made little to no... There was no action. There was no sense. They spent an entire comic book on him trying to figure out how to eat, drink, and what clothes meant. Then he spent an entire comic book trying to figure himself out, how he became a mobster, took over the world, and then basically decided that was boring, so then he just basically wanted to find love, finds love, finds that she doesn't love him, which was Dazzler, like you said, and then he makes her love her him, and she's just like, oh, no, this isn't right. So then he puts it back. She still doesn't love him. And then we just go through the whole thing of him being a pissy child at that point. Yeah. And then I picked up, because I, I, I've never actually read this module. And I went, um, Jeff, we need to speak. <laughs> You basically shoehorned all the comics into events in this thing. Because there is, I think, like 17 chapters. No, no, I'm sorry. 19, 20, 22, uh, and an epilogue and stuff like that. Of things that you can possibly do. And some of them really don't apply to the adventure. Unless you're going to be playing this straight through and swapping characters around. This module is not a good module to want to play. And I understand that... Yeah, go ahead. There's no way to run that or the first one without really running the characters through it. I mean, you could change, you could make it a bunch of homegrown characters, but it's not going to make the first bit of sense. No. If you do. Especially the second one. The first one you could really sort, sort of could get away with it. Because it really, you know, it's it, the concept is the heroes get taken away from Earth and they have to do battle and then they're brought back eventually. That one, this, I can, you can do a convention game, maybe. Yeah. yeah. This one, woof. Yeah. It, it's. I, I, and I'm not blaming Jeff. Jeff just basically, Jeff Grubb, that is, just basically took the comics and was told to, here. Here are the comics. Adapt this. Adapt this to an adventure so we can make some money off of it. And, you know, Jeff went, ah, I think I'm going to jump through a window after reading all those comic books. And then went, all right, I got an idea. And no, um, I don't know. It didn't work. I I usually highly praise Jeff Grubb's work because I like Jeff and all the stuff that he's written. I really, Manual of the Plains for first edition Dungeons and Dragons is one of my favorite 1E books to peruse through for plain stuff. And, this one did not float well in my boat. And then Keith went, I told you. Very calmly. I, I even he even he typed it out and I could hear him in his voice saying, I told you in his own voice. And I'm like, damn it, Keith. <laughs> I don't do it quite that sing song, but you know, it's 
I, I really don't like being right on stuff like that. I mean, I would much rather you have read it and go, this is great. This is wonderful. I can't wait to review this. Than to have you go, oh my God, this was God awful. What the hell were they thinking? You know, and then me go, yeah, I did try to tell you, you know, so, hey, I, like I said, I've got it and I, I've got it only for like the completest sake of it all. But yeah. I, I've never run it. I mean, I've read through it. Hell, I read the comic books when they were out. I mean, that's that's how bad that is. So I can remember being, you know, think, sitting there thinking, this is not a good story. And how in the heck are you going to make this a module? And then, you know, on top of it all, if you get, really go back and read it, the nine issues ends with him dying, and then they have to do an epilogue in Avengers where they heal the Earth. Yeah. You know, so they, you could even get like a tenth issue out of Marvel. Marvel, by that point, was going, be done with it. It's going to the hillside with the goats. And I and this and this is back during the time frame when you had to like, if you wanted to do crossover events, you had to buy the other comics tied into them. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you kind of like look at them and be like, um, what happened? Wait, what? Oh, this was an issue because they give you what issues to buy, and it'll tell mm-hmm. you this is what happened. And you read something as I did, and I went. Oh, this is continued in Dazzler number. I'm like, Ugh. now I gotta go pick up that comic. <laughs> so well, the good news about that is, is they'll probably give it to you for a quarter, and by that I mean they'll pay you a quarter to take it away. Probably, uh, yeah. So it's not that wonderful, but at least now these days, a lot of the event comic books, the event ones, the big ones, they, you don't you only have to buy the actual event. You don't have to buy the crossovers. Unless mm-hmm. you really want to, I and mean, that they don't make you, they don't like force you continued in this, you know, Ghost Rider number seventeen or whatever. <clears throat> uh, let's see, Stephen Watson in our chat saying gave karma to Boom Boom for planting bombs in back pockets. What a prankster! <laughs> well, you know, there's, there is that. Yeah, that was, yeah. Th- this miniseries did give us Boom Boom, time bomb. Or didn't she call herself? Bomb. Yeah, Time Bomb. Uh, Boomer, uh, Tabitha, whatever her name was. Yeah. That was, you know, I think that's probably, and watch, I'll get an argument about this. That's probably the best thing to come out of this series, miniseries. Ooh. You heard it first. Yeah. Keith is saying it right now. <laughs> oh, hey. Somebody will, will argue with that one with me. Oh, I'm sure. I'm waiting that... Uh... Hey, still worth more than the death of Superman? Boo, I like death of Superman. Of course, I'm more of a DC fan, but shh, don't tell anyone. Anyway, moving on from uh, the train wreck that is Secret Wars. <laughs> uh, when I went to Mexico earlier this year, I forgot to bring this up, and I should have. Uh, but I did pick up a comic book there, and it was a Deadpool comic that was on the shelf. I happened to be in their, their Walmart. We called it Mexmart. Because, uh, I don't know, that's what they kept calling it. Even they called it Mexmart. But I picked up a Deadpool comic that isn't actually in all in all Spanish. Proper Spanish at that. And this was the cover for it. And I know it's, it's a mirrored because of the way my view is. So I apologize for that. But all of it's in Spanish writing and stuff like that. So it's, uh, it's pretty interesting to see it. It was probably less than a dollar, but... 
I just picked it up for. Yeah, I just kind of picked it up just to see because it was. I thought it'd be kind of cool to have a comic book from another country since I was there, and I could pick up you know another Deadpool comic from Marvel Direct in Spanish. See. Yeah. Okay, so on to the community news. We had two things drop. The first one was the Gamer's Handbook of the Universe, Deadpool Corp, Cores, excuse me, I keep saying Corpse, Cores. I'm one of the dopes that say Corpse. But, <laughs> so let me see if I can bring that up for you. There we are. So, how long was this one in the making? Do you know? Um, forever, forever, is my understanding. It's, it, it, you know, it is Deadpool. It goes back to the dawn, of, roughly to the dawn of time. Hmm. Uh, you know, honestly, it, it's been, I think, probably three or four months, if not a little bit more. And, I mean, I can remember it being the first version that came out was, is. I like to refer to it the not quite safe for work version where the the pictures were a little more um adult rated not quite safe for work yeah I mean it wasn't anything you couldn't show your grandmother but it wasn't also anything that you could show at work it was stuff that people would go what that you know but it was a mix of some stuff in there I think that didn't quite work with uh, the theme that the writer was doing, it got changed for the better. Um, I think it's a wonderful setup. I'm not a huge Deadpool fan, but I mean, there's 150 characters in there that are obviously Deadpool centric to his mythos and everything from Kidpool to um, Dead Dog to you know Blind Out. All they're all in there. So, I mean, all the favorite NPCs, all the villains, uh, anybody you could possibly need for a Deadpool-based campaign or anything that you just want to throw in there, anything from uh, just Deadpool and all of his cohorts to all of his best friends, closest enemies, so on and so forth. Yeah. Uh, see, I, at first I thought the bullet holes on the left-hand side were for loose-leaf notebook holes you know how people mimic those things mm -hmm. in a lot of projects but there's four of them so i'm not quite sure why they're there then i guess it's just a, a design i think it was intended for the the loose leaf hole punching oh that's right they were four four bind mm -hmm. oh yeah okay now i get it got it got it, got it. yeah some of these pictures you probably wouldn't want to show at work but <laughs> They're a little risque for work. But, you know, they fit. If it didn't yeah. fit the character, it would be one thing. I mean, if they were clean and wholesome and, you know, you could go, oh, well, Aunt Susan wouldn't mind seeing that. You know, it, you probably wouldn't be, you know, the right picture for their book. Drop the ease, drop the body. <laughs> oh, Stephen's bashing on my corpse just core cores <laughs> yes i got it yes this was uh done by francis i believe no was it yeah 
So yeah, we got everything here for him as well. I'm not going to go through all 164 pages that you see on the screen here. Of course, you can go to youtube.com slash C slash the evil DM. Check out this podcast so you can just see the look or you can just go download it. I'll throw a link in the show notes of where they have. This will probably be up on Classic Marvel by the time this is even available, I'm thinking. Because they generally float. I don't know how long it takes uh, Cutter, I believe his name is, to get it up there. He's usually really pretty responsive, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's on top of it, usually. Okay. And also, we have one of the Marvel one-shots, uh, Marvel Superheroes Decades, and one-shot adventures, and this was Chris Tyner, right? Yes. Yes, there. Christopher P. Tyner. Yes. And he uh, basically does give credit to Ben Riley there. For his write-ups, and he did a wonderful... Oh, I like the Ascent into Madness uh, promo thing going on there. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, so we have some adventure here, and... It's got some special guest stars in it. Pinhead from Hellraiser? Yikes. Well, and, you know, it's one of those things where he... Somebody said something about it, and I said, well, you know, technically the Hellraiser comics were adapted by Marvel. I mean, it's they're not a Marvel universe, but it's, you know, if it, if they hadn't been, that might be one thing. But, you know, uh, you have Indiana Jones in the module. At one point, he had a uh, certain ro- uh, rocket pack flying uh, Disney-adapted character who wasn't Marvel-related that... Chris took out, and I was sort of sad to see him go. But you know, I mean, he certainly fit the the adventure, the nineteen forties adventure. So, I would definitely like to see someone do this with like GI Joe or something like that. But I know someone was working on GI Joe, but I meant like in these type of formats. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I don't see why you couldn't do a GI Joe. Uh, just something G.I. Joe related adventure uh, G.I. Joe while it's not mainstream Earth 616 it is it close enough to it and butts up close enough on it that I mean if you go back and you read the original series um, that and Transformers they both had appearances by Spider-Man that is true and they were uh, I think G.I. Joe actually went to the Savage Land at one time. So, I mean, it's... Is it technically Marvel 616? No, but could it be adapted? Certainly. And I mean, the you know, Denny Hall over at um, Techno Hall 13 has done it. I mean, he's been doing a, a an adaption of G.I. Joe for... Heck, I've known Denny for almost 20 years, and he's been doing it at least that long. I can remember him sending me stuff his stats for snake eyes ages and ages ago. And, you know, so, I mean, it's, it's certainly possible. I'd love to see somebody do that. I know somebody is working on, um, Stephen Minix has been working on a, a Conan or actually did the Conan adaption. And I don't know that that ever got any sort of fanfare because it came out at sort of a weird time, but it's out. Or at least I've seen a version of it. I don't know that it's 
it's been officially released yet. Hmm. But it adapts like Red Sonja, Conan, all the Robert E. Howard stuff. Oh, well, we'll have to uh, grab that so we can uh, give it some a, a look perusy and on the show so people could, uh, you know, get an idea what it looks like and then go download it. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, I mean, it's fantastic looking. And it's one of those things where, you know, I, I wish more of that stuff got its due diligence. Uh, the G.I. Joe stuff would definitely be well adapted. Transformers would be well adapted if it could be done. Um, and none of it would be difficult to do. I mean, let's be honest here. It's not like G.I. Joe has an abundance of su- uh, people with superpowers. So you're talking mostly normal Captain America level type characters. Uh, you know, Sepintor might be uh, the the toughest one of the bunch, but you know, what are you going to do there? No, no, true. I would probably, if I was going to do it, I would do it because I liked the comics, but I was more of a fan of the cartoon. I probably would do it based on the cartoon, but then everyone would have the the uh, disadvantage of not being able to shoot straight, of course. So, mm-hmm. shooting tanks and other ve- perfect, but shooting each other doesn't happen ever. Well, and the only person who, uh, as I remembered, who ever got hit with anything in the uh, cartoon was Duke when he got hit with a uh, like a snake spear or yeah. something. That was the only time. And I remember the the splurt of blood, and, you know, sitting there going, "Oh my gosh, Duke got hit." Yeah, it was definitely one of the cooler cartoon movies that they ever did back then. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so you can go go ahead and download those. I'm pretty sure they're on ClassicMarvelForever.com. Otherwise, we'll just give you a link in our show notes so you can easily grab them from the uh, Google Drive that they're all in. All right. So with that said, let me get back to our ugly mugs. Are you enjoying the show you're listening to right now? Great! Why not head over to patreon.com slash WGP and support that show for as little as dollar a month. Dollar a month goes a long way to helping support the network Wild Games Productions. Again, that's patreon.com slash WGP. Thank you. Do you like DC Comics? Do you like role-playing games? Do you love the cartoons? Why not combine them all into one giant show? Crisis in the DC RPG, a podcast by Wild Games Productions. They'll talk about ways to incorporate things into the game all in one session. So listen into Crisis in the DC RPG only on anchor.fm slash DCRPG. Again, that's anchor.fm slash DCRPG, a Wild Games Productions podcast. There we are. With that said, if you don't want to continue listening at this point, because we will talk about Spider-Man Far From Home. Not Homecoming, as I kept saying to Keith, and he got confused in our notes, going, you sure you want to talk about that? I was like, yeah, it's the movie that's out. We we can talk about them both if you want. No, I wanted to talk about this one. That's why. Please uh, pause the podcast, go see the movie, and then unpause when you get back. We'll wait. No, we're not going to wait. 
But yeah, you can basically hit pause there at this point because you're probably going to get some spoilers here. And what are the blonde phantom stats? They're being asked that Frederick Keith, Frederick Kern is asking that. I think that's Kern. Okay, let me ask this before we get into uh, to answer that question. Is he referring to the Golden Age version or the modern day version? I don't know. It's a question in chat, so it might be take a, a few moments for him to actually hear you say it because there's always a delay. Okay, but we if, can... he, if he answers, I can answer the question. Yeah, we'll just we'll continue along. So, Spider-Man: Far From Home. What was your initial impression? Initial impressions of the movie itself. I enjoyed it. Um, I think that, in all honesty, it needed about ten to fifteen more minutes just to decompress everything. I think it was a little rushed. Once they got everything going, um, I didn't mind the summer trip to Europe. I thought that was funny. Uh, I thought it was a waste of Marissa Tomei to be in it like as much as she was. I thought she should have been a chaperone on the trip. That would have probably been a better idea was to use her for that, yeah. Uh, but at the same time, I realized you want, you know, you want to give Spider-Man that space to be able to be, you know, he's Peter, he's going off, he's doing his thing, he's hanging out with his friends. Um... I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was pretty well done. Uh, I've enjoyed all the stuff that Marvel's done with Spider-Man so far, uh, for the most part. But I felt like this could use could have used about 10 to 15 minutes of just breathing room. Because it, it felt at times like it was rushed. Like they were, you know, one thing straight into the other. The other, I think, complaint that I had about it, and this isn't really getting into any spoiler area, is that we have seen the Spider-Man running, screaming, help me, help me, save the Spider-Man routine from the first one, from Homecoming, when he's still sort of a novice character. Um, why did we get a repeat of that? I mean, he's been to space. He's, you know, to quote Cuba Gooding Jr., he's been to the circus, he's seen the strings on the puppet, he knows how it works. He should have been a little more together, if that makes sense, than to be running around screaming like a 12-year-old. Yeah, it was kind of, you're right, he, he kind of had the attitude of a complete continuation from the first movie as if no time had passed. Like, it was like the same year, in fact. Even yeah. though he's supposed to be five years later at this point, right? Yeah. So you would think during the five years uh, he would have matured a little, but I guess you know the way they're playing him off, he's not very—he's supposed to be a goofy, the goofy Spider-Man that we see in the comics right now. So, and honestly, he did oh, act a oh, lot like the Amazing Spider-Man in the comics. So, oh wait, you've not seen Endgame. Okay, no, this may be somewhat spoilery for you, Vincent, but the five-year thing, yeah. Is for the people who disappeared. Oh, okay. I, I, yeah, I didn't see Endgame because I wasn't going to sit three hours in the movie theater. I have no protest against it, so I don't think that. Yeah. i just not going to sit three hours in the movie theater. As much as I want to do that, I like to watch a movie from 
beginning to end without interruptions. I'm one of those idiots. So the, the yeah. people who got wiped out, it jumped in Endgame, where it picked up a couple days, like three weeks afterwards, and then jumps five years. So when everybody comes back, it's five years later. Oh, okay. For everybody else. That's why... Yeah. Now, it, that probably makes a little more sense now. But, I mean, I, that was that was probably my... Like I said, I, I understand it's only been in a matter of weeks or whatever for him since, you know, but come on. You know, we, we've seen the running, screaming Spider-Man thing. What, you know, enough's enough. Let, let's stop that. Let's let's see Spider-Man. Let's see him doing quips and dialogue. and. I mean, he was kind of doing that. I mean... Well, and he... You know, Marvel has actually done that better than Sony ever did. Yeah. So I can say that, because the Sam Raimi stuff, there wasn't any quipping. I mean, you... I think you maybe got one in the first one, you got one in the second one, and by the third one, he was back to being silent. I cannot talk. I am Spider-Man. You know? And then Andrew Garfield, we had skateboarding photography taking cool Peter Parker and sort of quippy Spider-Man. And by the end of that, I was like, you know, I don't dislike... I didn't dislike Andrew Garfield. I just thought he got a, a raw deal. So when it came time for this, you know, when you started seeing him, you know, uh, analyzing Falcon's wings and explaining the web shooter and that sort of stuff, you know, moments of geeking out, fighting alongside of Iron Man. It was, it was great. I just, like I said, I just want a little more even... You know, I think that's probably, and like I said, I realize he's supposed to be 15, 16 years old, so, and what are you going to do in that regard? So there you go. Well, I I like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. I'm not going to lie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did like the goofiness of him in the black suit dancing in the street. I thought that was hysterical. I did like the... Uh, mention of it in the spider into the spider verse how he did that he's like well i did do this and i was like oh my god they actually brought that up and uh that, that movie was in itself was really cute and that'd be a great adventure too actually thinking about it now but mm-hmm. different time different episode maybe but yeah uh, he uh, i think this would be actually a really cool little adventure to run minus the mysterio uh maybe have mysterio in there but not play the whole good guy thing I don't know. I think that's kind of. I don't know. It, it came off to me as kind of cheesy the way he, I know the way he was trying to act. I know that they were they were he was trying to be the ultimate superhero, the, you know, the the figure for people to believe in because there was nobody left according to to him. I mean, yeah. Thor was off world. Uh, well, Doctor Strange was in. I guess they said. In, I did. I, obviously, I don't know. In another dimension. That's. What, I believe that's what Nick Fury mentioned. And um, yeah, they, I mean, they came up with the reasons why nobody else could be called in in the movie. Yeah. And see, that's another thing. You know, I think this is probably the first movie I've ever seen Marvel do where the hero basically goes, well, call in somebody else. 
I'm on vacation. You know, I I don't want to deal with this. You you call in Captain America or you call in Iron Man or Thor, or Captain Marvel or whoever. You know, and it was one of those things where because you always get the I can remember them leading up to Avengers and just after they did Avengers, and they started going back to the solo movies and the first word out of everybody's mouth was, well, why didn't Captain America call in Thor? And it's like, well, he doesn't have to. He's Captain America. You know, so, and like I said, I think that's probably, if I have a complaint about the movie, my biggest complaint about the movie is that I felt like it needed about 10 or 15 minutes of uh, just breathing room. It needed time to, to decompress and for him to work on the relationships with his friends because there's no way that anybody who knows him who sees him disappear and then Spider-Man suddenly appears, can't figure this out. And of course we, that sort of comes up later. Uh, so, you know, it, it's one of those things where, like I said, I just thought that they needed that breathing room. Yeah. As Mary Jane says, Oh, you're Spider-Man. Yeah. We're, we're at a point that we can, we've already said there's going to be spoilers. So, yeah, but yeah, I, they 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 made it too obvious. I mean, you're gonna go somewhere and like everywhere you go, Peter Parker disappears suddenly, and then Spider-Man shows up. I mean, yeah, the but, Night Cat or whatever they called him. Night that Night Monkey. Like, night Monkey. Night Monkey. He's <laughs> a Night Monkey. It's a Night Monkey. He he just happens to have Spider-Man-like powers. I mean, I oh know. yeah, and Captain Marvel was don't invoke her name wherever she went. I have no idea, but yeah, <laughs> Stephen Watson's saying it. Don't invoke her name. I, I I really definitely enjoyed Nick Fury in the movie because I mean I like Nick Fury I like Samuel Jackson to begin with I just like the way mm-hmm. he delivers lines and him in the movie was like an extra little bonus for me as far as a fan of his because I like the way I want to see more of him I mean I understand he's just a human and whatever else and I would have liked to see more of him I know they're probably yeah. never going to do a movie for Nick Fury. Maybe they will. I mean, they're doing one for Black Widow eventually. But she doesn't really have any powers. So why can't they do one for Nick Fury? Uh, yeah, you know, I really think he probably... They, he should he should have had more of a presence on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. Unfortunately, he was only in like one or two episodes. Yeah. Basically comes in and reads Coulson the Riot Act and... Says you're you know. in charge and takes off. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell him where I'm going. Bye. Peace. Yeah. You know. Well, I mean, it's TV. Samuel Jackson's probably not going to do TV. He's a little bit busy with everything he's possibly doing at the moment, so. Well, yeah, and that's understandable, too, but it's one of those things where, you know, because even he said, well, I've got to be on the TV series. I'm going to be Charlie on the phone talking to the angels and I'm like well that make that would make sense even if they did it that way or you know maybe uh, tape a couple sequences where he's on a video phone talking about something well I think that Marvel finally gave up on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. as far as connecting it because they stopped doing anything after like the fourth season compared to the movies yeah and then we finally got word that, oh, well, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is in its own little pocket thing. So, you know, what they could do whatever they want. <laughs> yeah. 
And thus we have this season, which I really am enjoying this season, and we still have another season left, which supposedly is the last season next one. Maybe. Yeah. Unless Disney decides they want another season of it. But, well, anyway, we're off the point of Spider-Man. So let's get back to Spider-Man. We went gotcha. on the, the Nick Fury trail there. But, yeah, I can af- actually see this being a pretty good adventure with the elementals and you have to figure out who's behind it. And maybe, yeah, maybe you could use Mysterio or maybe a shadow organization doing this because they just want to create chaos in the world since all the superheroes are missing. And you can probably play with that whole point of the superheroes missing in your campaign if you're running a campaign or a long-term thing. Mm-hmm. Or even a convention mm-hmm. one-shot, whatever. But, yeah, I think this would work. I mean, having them figure out where these blips are, how to figure out... Yeah, I would think using sensors to figure out where there's blips, go investigate blips. Maybe the blips are false alarms. Uh, maybe something else is happening at the time that they have to resolve, and it doesn't not related to the whole plot. It could be just, hey, what's this going on? And happen to be some other villain in the area. And then maybe they have to deal with the elementals and figure out why the elementals are there. So I actually think this would be a pretty interesting little arc for a campaign for a villain maybe use mysterio maybe not you could do it with either a young group of characters high school level you could do it with college level students you could do it with businessmen going abroad um you could use the elements like presented in the movie or you could use the uh elementals of doom from the comic books where it's different various elements from the periodic chart. Uh, You could have Mysterio. You could have Mastermind. You could have uh, Mirage. You could do any of of that fun stuff. And it just depends on what you want to do and how you want to do it. I did... uh, We had a guy who was a takeoff of... Okay, this, this is a little bit off the topic here, but this is sort of same sort of thing if you go back and you read uh mark grunewald's quasar, quasar comic okay there's a bit that they did right after um well it wasn't quite right after crisis on infinite earths but it was pretty close to it where there's a race with all the different speedsters on earth and just as it's about to begin this guy appears in a flash of light sort of uh, basically in nothing but uh, yellow boots and part of a red costume, and he can't remember his name, but he thinks it might be something like Barry Dalian. And Barry Allen. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 I get it. Okay. And you have this character show up. Well, I had a guy in a game who wanted to play that character. So I did that and spoofed the rogues gallery by using different Marvel villains. We had Boomerang, we had Mirage, we had, uh, I don't know, Marvel has a guy who flame throwers, we had him, you know, Blizzard, uh, Speed Demon for Reverse Flash, and we're off to the races. So, I mean, this works in any capacity. As long as you set the tone and you get everything going, I think this would work well with any game. You could do a thun- you could use this as a prelude to Thunderbolts if you wanted to introduce the Thunderbolts in your game, or set them up in uh, 
set up a similar team in your own Marvel universe if that's something you want to do. I like so the I idea. Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say I like the idea of Thunderbolts campaigns doing that. I, I like that idea a lot. Um, it was something that I was attempting to do with my campaign for the villains. Mm-hmm. I was going to do a Thunderbolts campaign, but once they got the idea in their head that they were playing villains, there was no chance of that ever happening. And any attempt of control that I tried to do onto them because of they got caught by S.H.I.E.L.D. at one point. Or I should say they got caught by Sentinel Services at one point. Then they got caught by S.H.I.E.L.D. at another point. And they had various inhibitors and trackers on them. And all they did was spend the entire session trying to figure out how to get those things off them instead of doing st- other stuff. So there was no way to really control them unless I was going to go complete mind control or something. And I was like, nah, that's not kind of fair. So I left them do their thing. They acted like players. Yeah, pretty much. Players. I I have it. So you go from A to B and you went from A to Z. Oh yeah. I really didn't expect them to spend an entire time that we were doing the game to figure out how to remove an inhibitor so they couldn't attack each other at that point. So I just thought it was funny. But, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's how they roll. And we had a good time with that campaign, which I'm trying to get it started back up again from a different point of view. So it's coming. We're just uh, ironing out some details at the moment while we're finishing up some other loose end games like uh, that we're running at the moment. So like to finish games before we start another one. You know, that's how it works. Probably a good idea. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so Spider-Man Far From Home I thought was an excellent movie. I had a lot of fun watching this movie. I, you know, I, I really enjoy uh, Tom Holland, his name, yeah, as Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he was a really good selection for Spider-Man. I hope that they continue. Is he supposed to continue with Spider-Man in the new phase? Do you know? Uh, well, he's... I think was originally contracted for six movies, and I think the next whatever movie he's in would be the sixth one. So I'm sure that if this makes enough money, uh, they will re-up a contract in no time flat. And I'm sure he would do it. Yeah. I I think, uh, well, based on some of the weird comments he's put on social media, I think he's really into playing Spider-Man because he was talking about... Uh... Uh, a multi Spider Verse uh, cameo movie with Tobey Maguire and uh, Andrew Garfield. You probably saw that floating around, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which would kind of be interesting. I think. I mean, it'd be interesting to see uh, older Toby playing an ob- older uh, Peter Parker from another multiverse. Since they actually set up the multiverse thing going on in this movie. Uh, Supposedly. You know, if they do that, he's got to be the overweight one with the pot belly from the multiverse uh, into the Spider Verse movie. That would probably be the, make the most sense out of all of them. Yeah. Just, I just want to see him go. And then I had to work through some stuff, and he's in the shower crying like. <laughs> yeah, they they really need to do some throwbacks into that uh, that movie, definitely. But uh. I would also like to definitely, if they could, and I think it would probably do pretty well if they do a, bring in Spider-Gwen, too. Because the Spider-Gwen comics for a short time were really fun to read. Mm-hmm. And then they switched writers and it became, like, dry and dull. I'm like, ugh. But I, when, I, when it first came out, I'm like, this is kind of cool. She's kind of cool as spy- doing, like, the whole Spider-Gwen, Spider-Woman, whatever she was calling herself. 
I was like, you know, and, and into the Spider Verse, she was actually a really cool character in that movie. Oh yeah. So I think a and, you know, slow introduction of her into the films would probably be a good idea, and then see how it's rea- how people react to it, and maybe she can get her own little subdivision of movies. I wouldn't mind seeing um, Miles Morales. I mean, to be real honest with you, as long as it's done right, as long as you know. And here's the thing: every I. I have had that conversation. I've got a real good friend who games who gets upset about that sort of stuff. And when I'm when I say that sort of stuff, I'm talking about taking a character and swapping ethnicity or whatever. And we were talking about, of all things, uh, the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. When he said, "Didn't it bother you that John Coffey played Kingpin?" And I said, "Honestly, no." I said, "Because name an actor who." is that big who can act who was around at the time I said they tested wrestlers they tested actors they put people in fat suits that you know Michael Clark Duncan was huge and they got him to be actually bigger than he was ordinarily and it didn't bother me that they that he played Kingpin it didn't bother me that and I can't remember the actress's name who played Alicia Masters in the Fantastic Four movie the new, um, the new one. The one with um, Doom is a virus. Yeah, the, the Tim, the Tim story. I can't remember the actress who played the character. So I mean, it didn't bother me when Lawrence Fishburne was Perry White in Man of Steel. You know what I mean? It. I didn't even think twice I... about that actually. I just I, mean, I like Lawrence Fishburne, so I was like, yeah, Lawrence Fishburne, I'm cool. Yeah, it, you know. Lawrence Fishburne can act as can act. I uh, yeah, I would watch Lawrence Fishburne recite the New York telephone book if they still made him. I think I mean that guy can act. Most people get annoyed more so of the fact that when they make a big deal of it. If they just yeah. do it like how they did like Lawrence Fishburne is uh, Perry White and uh, Michael Clark Duncan is is the Kingpin. They just did it and they're just like hey this is going to be the actor this is the movie see it don't see it we don't care not i think what the people have the problem is like hey we're going to have lawrence fishburne play perry white because he's an african-american male we need to put this into the movie so you should watch the movie because you know if you don't you don't support african that's when i think a lot of people get annoyed is when they do that yeah and i'm not sure why they do that because that just ticks off most of their audience if they just like hey uh we're gonna have a new spider-man movie uh it's gonna be set in you know another world uh, you know there's multiverses now and ben morales yeah. is gonna be spider-man and it's gonna be played by this ethnic actor i couldn't yeah. think of a one who this young guy who i yeah, can't who think of a <laughs> jaden smith i'm trying to think of yeah. an african-american actor right off the top of my head but uh, yeah, but he's going to play the new Spider-Man. Enjoy. People will be like, yeah. hey, that's not my Spider-Man, but all right, you know, whatever. And they show the commercials, this and that, and all right, we'll, we'll go see it. Now, and if they approach it, it like I, we said the second time, then that's when I think people start to get pissed off. Yeah. And see, it didn't even bother me that, like, oh, uh, what is And I can't remember the, the guy's name who played Johnny Storm in the last Fantastic Four movie. I didn't see and it because I didn't like the premise of it. He well, he played Killmonger in 
Black Panther. Oh, he that he's yeah. that guy. Um, and I can't for the life of me, if we hadn't been talking about him, I could tell you his name. And I hate that I can't remember. But see, that didn't bother me. People were like, oh my God, he's the Human Torch. And he, you know, I said, I said, well, first off, yeah, Johnny Storm's a blonde haired, blue eyed kid. And I said, the only way they really, that to me, I felt like it wasted the time of the viewer to have to sit through a five minute segment in the movie where Reed has to ask Sue, he's your brother? How is he your brother? And then for Sue to have to explain it to him, I'm like, wait a second. So the like third smartest man on the planet can't figure out a mixed family dynamic and he needs Sue Richards to explain it to him. He's that big? I mean, really? You, you can't figure it out. Dude, it's real simple. I, I, Dad married mom. They either, you know, either it was uh, she had a kid from another marriage, they adopted a kid, or, Michael, you know. Michael it, B. Jordan you're thinking of, right? What's that? Stephen Watson is saying you're thinking of Michael B. Jordan? Yes, Michael B. Jordan. Thank you, Stephen Watson. There you go. On hand, as always, to throw your throw a word in edgewise. Thank you, sir. Well, he's 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 good for facts. I, he has he knows like everything. So he also helps me. He'll throw me ideas for my Marvel campaign too. He'll be like, well, "Why don't you try doing this? I think this would be a great idea." And I'll just be like, "I'll write that down and I'll go home and I'll be like, and write a whole paragraph about it." So he's kind of like a cool muse for me sometimes. But yeah, I just wish he looked more like Phoebe Cates. Stephen Watson? Sure. I mean, I, I'm going to have a muse. I want a muse that looks like Phoebe Cates, not Stephen Watson. I, now, I did not see that Fantastic Four movie because I didn't like the premise of Doom being like this virus or whatever the heck they decided to do with it. I'm like, no. And I'm never going to be able to get past Jessica Alba being <laughs> Invisible Girl or Invisible Woman, whatever. Because Jessica Alba was so hot in that movie. I'm sorry. Especially in that suit. Yeah. But yeah. That's uh, I, I again, I have no problem with them swapping things around, and, and like I said, I I don't either. I've got, I've known people who have, and I I you know, I had a conversation with somebody about you know if if they did, let's say they you know not not even Miles Morales, but Peter Parker, if they took Peter Parker and suddenly decided, you know what, we're going to make an African American Spider Man, and it's going to be Peter Parker, and it, the entire cast is going to be African American. How would that change it for anybody? It wouldn't change a thing in the world. It really wouldn't. I mean, other than the fact that you have a different cast, a different ethnic cast, playing all these characters. Whether it was, you know, because ultimately when you're looking at Spider-Man, you're looking at a mask. Spider-Man could be anybody. He could be you. He could be me. He could be my former assistant manager at work who was an African-American guy. He could be anybody. And I think that's one of the things that works so well, especially with the Stan Lee stuff. In the earlier stories about Spider-Man just trying to fit in. You know, and that I think that works really well. I'm sorry, we probably got way off the top of the con. But... Oh, Stephen Watson saying uh, Spider-Man 2099 with Miguel O'Hara would be a good movie too, but... Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. 
that's uh, pretty much it for Spider-Man. I, I did think that J.B. Smooth in there, the actor, you know him, right? He was playing the mm-hmm. teacher. I thought he was absolutely hysterical as the teacher trying to play off like, hey, don't blame me. You know, he, he does that really well in the movies that he plays. And I think he's in a hyster- His stand-up and when he's in like shows, he's funny as hell. My wife loves him to death. She thinks he's so funny. Uh, I, I really enjoyed him. I think he kind of maybe stole parts of the shows in the in the air. He kind of, you know. And I agree that Marissa Tomei's part in the movie was kind of a waste for her. Yeah. Uh, I think it would have been better if her was a chaperone. I mean, yeah, Peter being on his own. But it would have been cooler as having her as a chaperone. I understand they're trying to set up the whole thing with her and Happy to, you know, be... <laughs> Yeah, I'm doing this. <laughs> you know, and that's... Well, no, I mean, I, I'm just thinking the whole happy hot Aunt May thing is, you know, that's science fiction at its best right there. That's John Favre and Marissa Tomei. That's that's science fiction. That, that's... Yeah. <laughs> Are you saying she no would way. never give him the time of day? <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially with the funnier bit than that is Peter's reaction to it all. Yeah. Like, what? What's this? Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, when he's looking at the two of them when they first in the yeah, he's just like, hey, yeah, and the little callbacks in the middle. We need to talk about my aunt when he flies off the front of the plane and everything. Yeah, I I do. I I like Happy as a character too. Maybe a little too much sometimes because he's kind of funny. Yeah, he. I, if he wasn't in the movie, I would think there would be no loss at that. I don't really think he had. Well, I guess he had a point to inspire Peter to be the best that he can be because Tony picked him to yeah. get those glasses, which I found hysterical. The Edith glasses or the Edith system. Oh my god. Yeah. In Death Eater, I'm the hero, or whatever. Uh huh. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I do like the, the little ad placements of Tony Stark's memorial everywhere. Like, like everywhere you went, even in Europe, there was pictures of him up on the walls and stuff like that. You know, it, it was cute how they did that. And I guess they shot that, that footage of him doing the barf system later on. Or, yeah. yeah. I was thinking that's probably one of his last, I have to wonder if he's going to have any other cameos in other movies i mean i know he's done as as far as acting as far as tony stark is concerned but i have to think they might well, contract know, him and that that was from uh what was it the second avengers movie i think oh and but i mean the stuff with oh what's his name uh i'm not drawing a blank on it jake gyllenhaal yeah, Gyllenhaal's character, the the Quentin Beck character, was all added in. Yeah, obviously afterwards, but I like that you got throwbacks to all these people who got pissed that they weren't on the Tony Stark train. The train had left the station, and they got left behind, and they got mad. Yeah, it gave some yeah. dimension to Mysterio's character and, and a purpose, other than him just being this guy that wants to you know, be the new Iron Man, so to speak, or the new Thor yeah. man, or whatever the heck he wanted to call himself. 
And, you know, the... Like I said, I, I liked it. I liked it a whole lot. They had a lot of different things in there that they could have... They could have... And we got to talk about the teaser scenes at the end. Oh, yeah. So, again, spoiler alert, so if you forgot to go sit through the entire movie, there were two little scenes here at the end. And I'm trying to think here now. The first one was... Uh, refresh my memory of the first one. The second one I know was Nick Fury, but what was the first one again? The first one was him swinging through New York. Oh, yeah, with... Oh, that uh, Mysterio actually outed Spider-Man and uh, basically gave his away his entire identity. So what does that mean for Spider-Man going forward? Well, and to me, it wasn't... That wasn't nearly as neat as who they got to announce it. Oh, yeah. I mean, and I, I was blown away, but I had heard that he was at the premiere, and I was like, what why he's at the premiere? Maybe they invited him. And then I heard about it and was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. So for anybody who hasn't been or has missed it or, you know, if you don't want to hear the spoilers, turn it off, pause it, Go get a cookie, go to the other room, come back in a little while. I think we're safe at this point. <laughs> J.K. Simmons was back as J. Jonah Jameson. And that probably, I got tickled more by that. And it's the same voice. It, it just, he looks a little different, but I mean, well, they, he's they older, set him up a little Yeah. He's just, he's just older now, that's all. I mean, yeah. But still, it was good to see that. And I, I thought it was interesting. But what does that mean for Spider-Man going forward now? That's an interesting question. Is that going to be covered, I guess, in the next movie? Spider-Man going to jail? I mean, <laughs> I don't know what they're going to call it. Nowhere Spider-Man, nowhere to run. Yeah, yeah. Spider-Man uh, is outed now, so he's going to have some uh, trouble going on to face all the people that actually had a cell phone up to his face when he's sitting up there watching it with everybody else in Times Square on the giant that's TV it. because apparently that's the only place to get worldwide news <laughs> is always Times Square. Well, you know, and you also got to look at it from the standpoint of even though he's been outed, how many people are going to, the way they portray J. Jonah Jameson, how are, how many people are immediately going to go, Spider-Man's Peter Parker, what? That kid? No way. You know, are, there's going to be people who believe it. There's going to be people who don't believe it. Uh, I think... My favorite time when they did that in the comic books was the Daredevil uh, being outed in his series by, you know, I think it was Bendis that did it. Or Bendis came in right after they did it. And them dealing with the fact that Matt Murdock had been outed, you know, and it was him having to deal with it. People were going, you know, well, you're Daredevil. It's like, no, I was accused of being Daredevil. I'm not Daredevil. And it's like, oh, that's wonderful. That's a typical lawyer right there. <sighs> sounds, so. sounds like Bendis. That's well, it. Let's not that's get it. into our, our Bendis rant because I, I can't stand him you, either. You know, and that's one of the few series that I really liked that he did. Um, I can't really... One. Yeah, I know. You, you have some issues. I understand that. I, I uh, did not like what he did with Superman. I'm very, very annoyed what he did with Superman. I hadn't even... I hadn't gone near DC since uh, they started the new 52. So. 
Yeah, they, they they keep giving him more and more titles. Now he's he's writing the main event right now of uh, event Leviathan right now, and I'm just like ah, struggling through all the word bubbles that are useless in all his conversations. But okay, let's not get on our Bendis rant. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Quick imitation. What? 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 Yeah, that's an like an entire page from Ultimate Spider-Man. Yeah. Bendis. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then the following the last scene we get uh we see uh Nick Fury and um Hill. I can't think of her first Maria name. Maria Hill. Maria Hill, thank you. Driving and you see they decloak themselves and turn into the scrolls. Right? Scrolls, right? Yeah. Scrolls. Mm-hmm. And we find out that the Nick Fury was never actually there the whole time and he was actually somewhere else as they they call him on the phone. And say it would have been good to see him back in the field again. You see he's actually sitting on what looks like a beach in a chair drinking a Mai Tai or whatever the heck he likes to drink. And then he just hangs up the phone and you see just the screen goes blank and it's basically a wall. And it looks like he's on a ship in the middle, a scroll ship out in the middle of space from where it ends. And he, you know, he's screaming, where's my shoes at? Because he's basically going to get back to work, but he needs his shoes first. But looking at that entire scene, when I first saw that, I'm like, is that... Sword? Is he on sword? Are we gonna get sword now? I mean, we have shield. Maybe we're gonna get sword. And you hey, were like, maybe, maybe they'll, not. Maybe they'll do sword in the movies and shield on TV. Yeah, but that means they may have to connect them. <gasps> well, let's not get carried away. They can't even connect the Netflix character. Well, yeah. If you haven't seen Ages of Shield, I mean, spoiler alert, again. Uh, Coulson just the other Coulson because this is not the Coulson was just shot multiple times by May so and supposedly the last shot was to the head well that should have been the first shot because well that's what Thor, that's it what was Thor taught everybody it was more dramatic for her to shoot him three times in the chest and then the last one always on the ground looking at her in the head so <laughs> you know if Thor taught us anything it's Always aim for the head. Uh, Steven is commenting, uh, in Civil War comic storyline, Spidey goes public, Aunt May takes a bullet. Well, let's hope they're not going to shoot Marissa Tomei. Oh, yeah. please no. <laughs> no. But those uh, that's the movie. I, I thought it was an excellent movie. We can make an excellent adventure, actually, if you, if you actually sit and write it out, and it could be good for two to three sessions, possibly, maybe more. If you want to tighten it up and make one big giant gaming, se- I mean, depending on how long you play. If you have like a two-hour gaming session every, you know, week or so, or if you're one of those people that game for six to eight hours, like my group does every two weeks, we just do a whole big game thing. And mm-hmm. uh, it probably, yeah, a couple sessions for the the lower end people, for the you know all nighter people, probably one big giant session campaign thing going on there. Well, yeah, it would make perfect, perfect campaign All night people, you're talking about, like, you know, those teenagers, 20-something years. Yeah, I, I mean, by the time we, we start our games at uh, around 4-ish, 4.30, and then we end up when probably close to 11 at night. And by that point, mm-hmm. I'm just like, uh, uh, I'm tired. <laughs> that's it? Yeah, that's it. Sorry, I'm old now. Can't do those... Uh, 12 to 16 hour game days anymore buddy I understand but anyway 
I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show. We're going to actually uh, depart at this point because now we're at the hour mark and we've always promised not to go too far over that hour mark. Don't forget to, if you're watching this on YouTube, to hit that like button. Smash the like button. Smash it. Uh, subscribe Hulk to these. Smash. Yes, Hulk smash. Subscribe to this channel. If you have not subscribed, comment below on the video as you're watching this or if you commented live like good old Steven here. We appreciate that. Uh, Just remember, subscriptions are twelve ninety five a year. Uh, yeah, right. You, your issues were sixty five cents a piece. Hmm. Yeah, I remember that. And um, yeah, and also go to classicfacerip dot com is our website where you can get the audio version of this. Uh, YouTube dot com slash c slash the evil dm is this channel right here, which you can see all the other previous episodes except one and two because YouTube sucks. <laughs> Copyright in. Yeah, they did not like some of the songs we used in that, so they took it down. So now I have to figure out a way how to get those out of there so I can put them back up. Otherwise, they are on our website, classicfacerip.com. And that also includes the bonus episode that we had done uh, called um, Bound for Glory. It was that, um, oh, that comic well, book. You, what? If you guys would quit using MC Hammers Can't Touch This, you know, you know this problem. We're not using MC Hammer. You can't touch this. What are you talking about? <laughs> Get out of here. Anyway, we're going to say uh, Excelsior. Good night, everybody. Night. You've been listening to the Classic Face Rip Podcast. The thoughts and opinions expressed on the podcast are not the final word and are just what they are. Opinions. If you'd like to catch up on all their episodes, head on over to ClassicFaceRip.com or... If you want to check out the video shows live on YouTube, go to youtube.com slash c slash the evil dm. Again, that's youtube.com slash c slash the evil dm. Email us at askthedm at theevildm.com. Thank you.